0: Listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: Radio. You know, there's an old saying give me a fish and I'll eat for today. But teach me to fish, I'll bring the beer. Well, not really. (laughs) Well, tonight we'll just stick to the teaching and save the refreshments for later. I'm Bernie Fratto. This is Straight Out of Vegas. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1 888 Farmers to switch and you could save on your auto insurance. What else are you going to do with your phone for the next few minutes? Look at pictures of your food your friends ate again? Call Farmers, one eight eight farmers for a quote. We
2: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
1: And on that note, welcome back to another critically acclaimed edition of Straight Outta Vegas, the weekend adaptation. Tonight, we do our annual, our third annual Super Bowl extravaganza, as we're going to spend the entire show talking Super Bowl. The game, the betting lines, the angles, props, plenty of stuff. To fill your plate. Later on, after Brian Finley's update, Sleepy will weigh in on another best bet. And I will weigh in one more time on the Matt Stafford saga. I'm gonna take you back to a playoff game versus Dallas where yes, the rest blew a call, but Stafford had a chance to uh, you know, redemption, but he didn't he didn't take advantage of it. Not once, but twice. He couldn't do it. By the way, we're also gonna invite the crew to give their Super Bowl predictions for tomorrow. Of course, we close down the show with Mackinon Sports and plenty of fodder to twist your brain in knots. Sports are entertainment, but they're more than that. They're a shared experience. As such, people want to talk about them. You've come to the right place. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. This is straight out of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. And as they say in Allen Page, Minnesota, it's gonna be late. Before we get started tonight, I want to give a big shout out to my good buddy, longtime buddy Chuck Carter. Go! With his group of friends listening in Palm Springs, Chuck, Laura, Bennett, and Jake, we appreciate you listening. Good luck in the game tomorrow. I know you're back in Kansas City, probably your connection to George Brett. Chuck is a good friend of George Brett's. Go! All right. Fez, I buried the lead. We've got Steve Fezik, the only two-time winner of the prestigious Hilton Now Westgate Super Contest, here tonight in studio for our third annual Super Bowl extravaganza, Fez.
3: And it's a great break from all the prop betting I have been doing the past week. Props, props, and more props. We're
1: going to get to that. By the way, before we do, though, I want to start at 30,000 feet and descend downward. What credence... Now, these two teams played earlier in the year. That's happened 13 times, by the way, in the history of the Super Bowl. And it typically favors the loser when the Super Bowl comes around. But what credence do you put in the first matchup between Tampa Bay and Kansas City? Because since meeting in Week 12... The Bucs are not only 7-0, they're averaging 34 points a game. The Chiefs are averaging 26. 424 yards per game. The Chiefs, 406. They've only had five turnovers in seven weeks. The Chiefs have had 10. Do you put any credence into the first matchup as you handicap this game tomorrow?
3: Very little because you nailed it. Since that game, since the Bucks finally got a bye week and they had the latest bye week in the NFL, week 13, They've been better than the Chiefs. That offense has been clicking 30-plus points the last six games. And it's a COVID year. Tom Brady didn't have time to work with his re- receivers. They bring in Antonio Brown during the year. It makes sense that this Tampa Bay team has gotten better as the year has progressed.
1: Well, they've not only gotten better, Fizz, in, in all three phases, the Bucks just won three straight road playoff games, and they beat three top-ten defenses and a couple of pretty good quarterbacks in Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers. And when you look at Tom Brady's postseason career, he's solid in all playoff games, but he kicks it up a notch in the Super Bowl. 66% completion percentage, 316 pass yards per game, 96 passer rating. But I know you like the Tampa Bay defense as well.
3: Yes, and you know what? Kudos to you because back in August we were talking about Tom Brady and Bernie. I was telling you, you know what? Brady is an average quarterback. I have him my 19th best quarterback, and you're like, Fez. Every other quarterback falls off the cliff at 40. Hey, Brady didn't fall off the cliff at 41 and 42. Why should he fall off at 43? And he certainly didn't. Now I've got him as my number 7 quarterback, and that Tampa Bay defense is really – will just absolutely get after you. They're getting almost three sacks per game, and they've improved as well. You – It's a great point. You know, you look at the road Tampa has taken. Would Kansas City have been able to go into New Orleans and go into Green Bay and win both those games? Maybe. Not likely, though.
1: Hold that thought. We're going to come back to it because I want to flip the script here just a bit because one of the X factors for tomorrow's game is Kansas City's defense in the sense that their defensive coordinator is Steve Spagnuolo. And he has had, if I'm being honest, he's had Brady's number. Uh, in the last, well, he's faced Tom Brady four times. He's 3-1, and one, and in those games, Brady's only managed seven touchdowns, six turnovers, a passer rating of 84. We know that is going to come with his exotic blitzes from multiple angles. Now, last week, I mentioned that Tampa Bay would do that to Rodgers, and you didn't feel that would necessarily rattle Aaron. It did. I'm not so sure it's going to rattle Brady, given the weapons he's got. How do you beat blitzes, counters, traps, safety valves? Look, he's got Rob Gronkowski. He's got Cameron Brate. I have a funny feeling Brady beats this blitz tomorrow. What say you?
3: Yeah, in Kansas City, one of their weaknesses of their defense is defending tight ends. So we might see Gronk or Brate or both have better-than-expected games while Kansas City's D is usually quite good at uh, limiting the number one and number two wide receivers that are split out. So maybe not as big a game from Evans in the Super Bowl. But I, I think that's a good call that if I was going to bet Gronk or Brait, I would only look over 30 on both of them.
1: Now, the other th- question I have is, are the Bucks peaking? They started out 7-5, and but in their last seven since losing to Kansas City, they're 7-0, and averaging 34 yards a game, six points more than they were in their first 12 games. Over 70 more yards per game on offense. And they've got Vita Vea back. They got maybe the best front seven in football with Indominus Sue, Vita Vea, Jason Pierre Paul, Devin White, and William Golston. And I got to think that they're going to harass Patrick Mahomes tomorrow.
3: No question about it, especially considering this is the first game Kansas City has to deal with the injury to their left tackle Fisher. So everyone's talking about, hey, he's a real good player. This is going to have an impact. But what not as many people are, are talking about is there's no time for Kansas city to get this right because Fisher got hurt late in the game. The last time Kansas city played now, boom, the right tackle moves to left tackle and the right guard moves to right tackle and they plug in a new guy at right guard. So now three of the five linemen are in different positions facing this Tampa Bay defense.
1: Well, and not only is Eric Fisher out, but so is Mitchell shorts, the right tackle. So they're missing two defensive linemen and you know, Patrick Mahomes is one of those guys where you prepare a defensive scheme for what Kansas City's offensive approach is, including their personnel groupings. But you've got to prepare a second uh, game plan for when, you know, the defense breaks down because Mahomes starts to improvise. So I would just say this that we're going to get to our predictions at the end of the show. But I, you know, believe that, that, uh, Kansas City's met their match, and we'll get into that as the show goes on. But Before we do, Fez, props have taken on an absolute life of their own here in Las Vegas since 1986, the famous Refrigerator Prairie bet. There's now over 1,000 props. You know all too well that three-day process where they brainstorm, they analyze, they you know try to figure out what worked from the year before, they research all the data, then they load it into the computer, and then they release it to the public. I put my over-under this year, and we haven't rehearsed this, so... On 53, that you would have at least 53 prop bets, because you're the master at this, and I would have bet the over. So I would have been a prop on a prop. Would I cash that bet?
3: The over is going to cash. I am already at (laughs) about 75. Now, to be fair, I bet on about 60 of the props. And you're like, well, wait a minute. You just said 75, Fez. Well, as it turns out, some of these have moved so far that I'm playing back The opposite of what I bet originally. Example, I bet Tampa Bay to start the game with the ball because there's a a better chance that Tampa will get the ball because if Kansas City wins the coin toss, they'll defer for sure. Tampa Bay, if they win the coin toss, they might take the ball. That's what they did week 16 and 17. So I bet Tampa to get the ball. But you know what? I got a Kansas City plus 180 to get the ball. And I was like, oh, that's just too big of a... uh, a middle, if you will, or an, to to not go or scalp to go ahead and bet back.
1: I love how you are so succinct with that math. What I mean by that is, for instance, last year we know outside the coin toss, the number one prop bet was Patrick Mahomes over rush yards. It opened at twenty nine and a half. It went to thirty eight. You know someone out there grabbed the 38 to try to middle it, and they ended up hedging because we know how it ended and ended up going under the 29.5.
3: Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes had 44 yards. Yep. And then took three straight kneel downs, lost 15 yards back, finished with... 29 in the stats. There was one book that opened up at 28 and a half. So one bet won, one bet pushed on the over, and then about 2,000 other bets on Mahomes over were 30 and higher, and they all lost. All right,
1: let's dive into this game. I am going to hit you with kind of a lightning round series of statements, and you respond. Fez, what we know about Super Bowls are this. 54 of them have been played. If you just pick the winner, you cover 88% of the time.
3: Yeah, and I don't think that that's going to necessarily continue. So it used to be for years and years, every Super Bowl was a blowout, and I think these teams have become much more battle-tested, and we're seeing closer Super Bowls like the past 15 years than we used to see back in the 80s when there was nonstop blowouts.
1: But think about it. If Tampa Bay wins, they cover because they're catching points. So the only way that doesn't happen is if the Chiefs win by one or two, right? Yes. All right. In 54 Super Bowls, the better defense, forty-one and thirteen against the number. Now the Bucks enter this game with the seventh-best defense. The Chiefs, the sixteenth-ranked defense.
3: I don't think the better defense is relevant anymore, and the reason being is that having a really good offense is so much important, more important than having a really good defense. If you look at who made the final four in the NFL, four really good offenses. The defenses, not so much. You can absolutely win a Super Bowl with just a. Um, a workman-like defense. Well, that's what Kansas City does have.
1: All right. For purposes of this show tonight, we'll call this game Tampa Bay plus three to total 56. Although I've seen some 55 and a halves out there in some shops. I'm a contrarian. I've already said I bet the under. Fez, whenever two top 10 defenses get together in the Super Bowl, I bet the over. Whenever two top 10 offenses get together, I bet the under, I bet the under a 56, what say you?
3: Yeah, so let's talk about the weather. There's a little concern that there would be rain. There's going to be rain. When there is rain, the total typically is impacted by three points in the average NFL game. But my weather guys tell me, I have one weather guy, that the weather will clear before kickoff and that it will not rain. So if uh, there was some pressure early on for the total dropping in anticipation of possible rain, that's probably not going to happen.
1: All right, he's Steve Fezzik. I'm Bernie Fratto. Coming up, we're gonna get into this deeper: the do's and don'ts of betting props, finding market inefficiencies, wrong side favorites. Fez is gonna take you behind the curtain and share some of the bets he's made. He is the master of the prop bet. I'm Bernie Fratto. We're coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted, so don't go away. You're listening to straight out of Vegas. Straight out
2: of Vegas, the great Bernie Frado, folks.
1: We are back on Straight of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fradro coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. Steve Fezzik in tonight for the full hour, our Super Bowl extravaganza show. Fezzik, let's dive right in. Before we talk about the props you've bet and why, let's have a quick crash course on the do's and don'ts of betting props.
3: Okay, the don'ts. Don't bet needle in the haystack props. What do I mean by needle in the haystacks? Well... These are the props where there's about 100 different outcomes that could occur, and only one wins. Like, what will the exact final score be? Exactly how many points will Kansas City score? Will Mahomes throw from 300 to 310 yards, or 310 to 320? The problem with these bets is that the dastardly bookie knows they can load up so much extra vigorous into those bets that for every $200 that are bet into props like that, they may well only pay out like $125 back. Big house edge. Avoid those bets.
1: Big house edge. I mean, there's a reason in 34 years of prop betting, the books have only lost twice.
3: Yeah, and it's not so much that they have this tremendous acumen for setting great lines as the public is just donating so much money on these prop bets that the books are so far ahead just to start the game on these needle-in-the-haystack bets. Proving that putting a
1: little wager on the game enhances the viewing participation and feeds your competitive spirit, and that's why this thing called legalized gambling— is really on its way to heights we may have never imagined. All right, Fez, one of the things you do a great job on or looking for what I would call market inefficiencies or angles. For instance, one of your prop bets has to do with the number of penalties in the game, and you've analyzed how a Super Bowl is officiated a little differently than a regular season game and how, obviously, this year— there have been less penalties called, which leads to your decision.
3: Yeah, my thanks to our own Mackenzie Rivers, who assisted me with this uh, bottom line the last four years. In the Super Bowls, there's been two fewer penalties called than during the regular season. So, well, how many penalties got called in a typical game this year? Just over 11. And that means in the Super Bowl, we would expect it would be just over nine. Call it nine penalties. The bookmakers set the penalty number too high. I do like under 10 penalties. That's the current number right now. And I've seen a trend here recently in the conference championship, one game had six penalties. The other game had seven penalties. So the Yellow Canaries are not flying. <laughs> NFL, point of emphasis, don't call it unless it's obvious. Another bet that to me
1: makes a lot of sense, since Kansas City has only punted once the entire playoffs, So we know Andy Reid likes to go for it on fourth down, the Chiefs punter Dustin Colquitt has been like the Maytag repairman. Under three and a half punts for the game.
3: Is it even Dustin Colquitt? I'm I'm having this mental is uh, like b- b- breakdown as to the KC punter. Um, that's hilarious. But yeah, just just one punt and. You nailed it. Andy Reid is so aggressive now with fourth downs, and you know with the total of 56, you have to expect that the uh, both teams are going to be going for it on fourth downs. That's going to minimize the punt. So Chiefs under three and a half. You have to pay extra VIG now, but that's one that I bet early, not late. One of the other
1: bets, and let's just not bury the lead here because one of the other bets, over or under one and a half sacks on Patrick Mahomes, I think it's I think you got to pay a little bit of juice here, but with two offensive linemen and a prolific—two offensive linemen out for KC and a prolific defensive front seven for Tampa Bay, I think I know which way you're going here.
3: Yeah, so Tampa's gotten just under three sacks per game over the course of the season. Kansas City, though, only has given up about one and a half. Well, if you average that, we'd already be looking at 2.25. However— The story has changed with Kansas City, with Fisher, the left tackle, going out. You mentioned earlier in the show, Schwartz, the right tackle, is out. So now two backup tackles, and they've moved three guys into new positions. No games to practice with the new configuration. I think they absolutely get after Mahomes, and who's to say Mahomes is completely 100% from the head injury, from the foot injury that he suffered in the playoffs. I'm going to predict that Tampa Bay— It's fine to go ahead and play over two if you can't find one and a half anymore. Over sacks for the Tampa Bay defense.
1: All right. Some prompts where heavy action is really starting to come in. No safety. It's gone from minus 750 to minus 1300. Your thoughts?
3: Yeah, don't don't be fooled again. This is one that I lost on uh, in prior Super Bowls, betting the no. And you know what, Bernie? I know only 6% of NFL regular season games have safeties, but the Super Bowl is a different animal. There's different nerves. We saw that snap whiz right by Peyton Manning's ear to start the game against Seattle in one Super Bowl, resulting in a safety. And two really savvy coaches that may well take safeties at the end of the game if they're up six, for instance. I'm going to avoid betting no safety. I definitely don't want to bet yes safety, but here's a bet that I would in prior years I'd consider no, I'm not going to do it.
1: The game to not go overtime to not go overtime, open up at minus 850, now minus 1500.
3: This is all sharp money. The math holds on. Ma- amazing, yeah. Yeah, basically there's about a 5% chance that they will be overtime. There's been 54 Super Bowls. There's only been one overtime, but 5% is a real good number. 10 percent's way too high. So if, at minus 1000, betting the no, you have value. You can still find that in a few places in Vegas. That's a bet, Bernie, I've made since I started betting on the Super Bowl. And yes, I got burned in the Atlanta-New England Super Bowl, but that That's the only time it's ever happened.
1: Tom Brady, no rushing touchdowns. No. Minus 250 up to minus 440. I don't know, man. You might find a sneak. Again, this is why don't pet props. They're highly speculative.
3: Yeah, but I think that the sharp money on the no, you know, I got to be honest. I would lay no minus 450. Tom Brady's over under for rush yards is a half, 0.5. And the under is like a heavy favorite, almost a two-to-one favorite. So if Brady is going to rush for zero yards over the course of the game, I think that that's a leap of faith that he's going to be able to score a touchdown. Now, yes, you're going to have to sweat it if they get on the half-yard line, but I think it isn't even a Brady one-yard sneak that we fear. It's a Brady six-inch sneak, and it's just so unlikely that that exact occurrence is going to occur, and they choose to sneak there. So
1: when you look at these three, minus 13, 13 13-to-1, 15-to-1, and minus 440, the math suggests that all three of those should hit because a safety is really not especially when you've got two stellar quarterbacks in Patrick Mahomes and I should have done some homework on this. How many times have two quarterbacks faced each other in the Super Bowl who've already won Super Bowls? Mm. So they're not going to they're not going to fumble a the snap, they're not going to commit self-inflicted wounds. I don't, you know, like anything to do with that. The only prop and I found this odd prop day 1 was This is the only prop I bet because I'm not a prop player. I have Tampa Bay with – I had plus 10.5 yards rushing for more yards than Kansas City. And why did I do that? I thought it was the wrong side favorite. And here's what I mean by that. The Chiefs throughout the year gave up 122 yards on the ground – and uh, Tampa Bay only gave up 81. That's since flipped. If you want that bet now, you've got to lay Tampa Bay minus five yards, which I still think could cash, but I got the better of the number.
3: And this is a classic example you hear all the time about, oh, the Vegas bookmakers, they're too sharp. We can't beat them. You know, the chandeliers are burning brightly in Vegas. Well, in most cases, but they when they have to price A thousand different props are going to make mistakes. And you nailed it. You identified this early, Bernie. The wrong team was favored. All the money is on Tampa Bay to get more rushing yards. And part of that is just that Kansas City might not even bother to try to run the ball, recognizing they're probably going to be better suited to throw against that great Tampa rush defense. So that was a real strong bet. I do expect Tampa will win the rushing yard battle tomorrow.
1: All right, we can't not close down this segment without at least mentioning the coin flip, which is getting incredible amount of action this year. Have you ever bet the coin flip? And if so, why?
3: I always bet the who's gonna get the ball first. Okay. Because that's not random, but I do that's not fine. I, I I know RJ has made a case, a strong case, that you want to bet tails, all things being equal, because the commemorative coin the head side should be a little bit heavier, so the head side, mathematically, you could make a case should fall face down, which would occur and be a tails. I don't know if we have enough data to justify that. I think there were two more tails than heads, like the last thirty. But I flips. like what
1: you said earlier to me that. But see, this just shows people, you know, are adrenaline junkies, and that's cool. You start the game, you're going to coin flip. If you're sitting in a casino. And boom, it hits. They're going to grade it. They're going to pay right away. You turn around and pay more money. You bet more money in in-game betting or halftime betting, right? One other thing. I love what you said earlier. This is the kind of critical thinking that you bring. So all throughout the year when the Bucs won the flip, what did they do? They always elected to receive. When the Chiefs won the flip, they what did they do? They elected to defer. So it's presumed, actually, that the Bucs should get the ball tomorrow. And I don't want to hear that Brady hasn't scored in the first quarter in t- nine Super Bowls. That was a different team in a different system. Everything was different, all right? I, I think your your thought that the Bucs would score first, Fez, is probably a good bet, but I'm not on it. But
3: I would say that's probably a good bet. Yeah, so the Bucs week 16 and 17 chose, after they won the toss, to take the ball. That was... Not what they did all year long, so they changed their strategy. But they were so successful at the end of the year, Bernie, and they scored touchdowns on those first two drives. And because of that, I think you can make a strong case, yes, the Bucs do take the ball if they win the coin flip. All right, we got a ton of stuff to get to. We've got Sleepy's best
1: bet. I'm going to let the crew give their predictions. We've got our best bets coming up at the end of the show, and I can't resist it. I've got a little give a little vignette about Matthew Stafford, just a quick non sequitur, because all I've heard all week about how he's going to go to L.A. and bring him to the promised land, yippee, we're going to get to all that stuff, but first... Let's go to the man. He's so cool. John Mayer wants to walk the halls of his high school. It's Brian Finley with the latest.
0: I'm jealous of John Mayer and all the women that he gets as well. Uh, by the way, the Lakers loaf past the Pistons 135-129 to 129 in double overtime. LeBron James, 33 points, 11 dimes, also seven turnovers. James had 10 of those 33 after regulation. The Mavericks take down the Warriors 134-132 as... The teams had a combined 41 three-pointers, Luka Doncic matching a career high with 42 points, Stephen Curry had 57 and had 11 trays. The Bucks get by the Cavs 129 to 99. Giannis Adentacumpo had 22 points in 11 rebounds. The 76ers slip past the Nets 124 to 108. Joel Embiid had 33 points, James Harden at 26, 10 and 8 for Brooklyn. They were playing minus Kyrie Irving, who's out with an injury, and Kevin Durant, who has to miss the next week or so because of the NBA's health and safety protocols. In college basketball, USC teams, a shorthanded number 21 UCLA squad, 66 to 48. Oklahoma State overwhelms 6th-ranked Texas 75-62 in double overtime as Cowboys Cade Cunningham finished with 19 points. How about 11th-ranked Tennessee coming back from 10 down in the second half to beat Kentucky 82-71. In the NFL, Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers named MVP of the season. The offensive player of the year goes to Titans running back Derrick Henry. The best defensive player is Rams defensive tackle in Aaron Donald. Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski, winning coach of the year. And 2021 Hall of Fame class is out in the NFL. And Peyton Manning, Charles Woodson, and Calvin Johnson headline the eight-man field. Now let's get back to Bernie Frado, who in Vegas is in the Hall of Fame for penny slots.
1: That would be Brian the Silver Tongue Devil Finley. All right, Brian, thanks a lot. Uh, Sleepy has been weighing in with his best bets all year. He's got another player prop. Makes a lot of sense. Because I do believe that the Bucks will be able to run the ball tomorrow against the Chiefs. Let's give it a listen.
2: All right, Bernie, here we go. Super Bowl fifty-five best bet. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna play Leonard Fournette to be the leading rusher in the Super Bowl at plus one seventy-five. Yeah, you can find this wager at most of the sports books, and I actually think this is a very good price. You know, the Chiefs they're gonna go ahead and they're gonna have a rushing attack by committee with Le'Veon Bell, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And Darrell Williams. We know the Chiefs love to throw the ball. And I think they're going to be a little bit compromised in the rushing game because of the offensive line injuries for this Super Bowl. The odds makers have made it clear that Fournette should get the bulk of the carries in this game out of all the running backs, setting his attempts total at 11 and a half. Now, the other four or five running backs that we may see on the field, they don't have attempts higher than eight and a half you add in the fact that that bucks rush defense is very good and i feel like the only real threat here to fournette is bucks running back ronald jones jones recently has seen his role decrease with the emergence of Fournette not only on the ground but within the passing game. I certainly expect Fournette to go ahead and get the highest snap share percentage in this game and also to lead in attempts. Therefore plus 175 to be the leading rusher for Leonard Fournette. I have no choice Bernie. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play Leonard Fournette to be the leading rusher in the Super Bowl at plus 175.
1: I do think Fournette is motivated as well, Fez. How do you grade with that prop?
3: You know, I love this because you can play Fournette over 50 yards and obviously you have to pay the normal VIG. I'd make the case, you know, if Fournette gets 50, that should be Plenty for to win this bet because the whole Kansas City team is only supposed to get 80 rush yards. So I really like the way Sleepy has taken a bet that normally you'd have to lay minus 110, and essentially now you're getting plus 170 with it.
1: Makes a lot of sense to me because the leading rusher, I do not believe the Chiefs are going to throw the ball, and they're okay. We need we know all the, the reasons mathematically why that is a good bet. Let's just watch it cash. All right, before uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this, let's bring in the crew. Guys, uh, let's get your quick picks on uh, on the game tomorrow. If you want to give the winner and a score, Ryan Bershinger, host of the critically acclaimed Swing Shift podcast with Bull Benson, what's your prediction for tomorrow? I'm sticking with the Chiefs here,
3: 35-25. A
1: big win for 25,
3: tomorrow. that's an interesting number. Ooh, 5-5 five five on the squares. The, almost impossible to hit one. All right, good,
1: interesting call, Ryan. Very unique, very original. Uh, Chris Perfett, what's your take?
0: So, looking at the numbers here, it, Kansas City has always been very efficient at stopping the run. Tampa Bay has the weapons to establish that run. It means less time on the on the field for Patrick Mahomes. I like Tampa Bay here, twenty-seven to twenty-four.
1: I, I like that. I like Tampa Bay too, which is ticking off a lot of people around the country. That's just too damn bad. Uh, by the way, I, I, I like your premise because if Tampa Bay does win the time of possession. Patrick Mahomes 31 30, 39 and 1 or 40 and 1 in his career when he went to time of possession. All right, Brian Finley, what's your prediction?
0: Uh, are the Jets in it? No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to go with the Chiefs winning 23-17 against the Bucks. I think you can never discount Patrick Mahomes. Even if Tom Brady has a big game, I can't see that Tampa defense holding him once again like they've done in the past.
1: All right, so you got two Chiefs picks and you got two under picks. Uh, we'll get to Fez, your and my predictions, and we'll bring in McKenzie uh, later in the show. But I can't resist. Now I wouldn't do this. I just we're going to take a quick respite from Super Bowl for just a second because one of our big affiliates, Five Seventy in Los Angeles, everybody's been giddy about Matt Stafford all week. I just want to say something here, okay? Because one of the most egregious calls in the in the annals of Detroit Lions history and ruined people's lives was back in the playoffs against Dallas on January 4th, 2015, and it, it became one of the biggest laments of Lion fans and this egregious calling. What happened was the Lions were leading 20-17 to 17 with a little over eight minutes left in the fourth quarter when the Lions quarterback, Matthew Stafford, he threw a pass to tight end Brandon Pettigrew. The ball bounced off Cowboy linebacker Anthony Hinch's back. A flag was thrown, and referee Pete Morelli initially announced a pass interference penalty, but then, almost inexplicably, the officials reversed the call, which took away the penalty that would have given Detroit a first down in Dallas territory. All right, here's the reality of the situation now. The only reason this call became so notorious is because of what happened after the call was made. First, the Cowboys got the ball back and Tony Romo yeah, that Tony Romo led the Cowboys on an 11-play drive that culminated in a touchdown pass to Terrence Williams with 2.40 left of the game. So that meant Stafford's, and Dallas took a 24-20 lead. That meant Stafford would get the ball back with almost three minutes and three full timeouts and the two-minute warning. So what does he do with this opportunity? On the second play of the drive, Stafford was hit by Cowboys' Anthony Spencer and promptly fumbled. The ball was scooped up by Demarcus Williams, who proceeded to go Leon Lett, and he tried to be a hero, return the ball for a touchdown instead of falling on it. The Lions miraculously recovered (laughs) Williams' fumble and had a second bite at the apple. So what did Stafford do with his post-mortem life? On the eighth play of that drive, with 107 left in the game, Stafford fumbled again when he was hit by Demarcus Lawrence, only this time Lawrence secured the ball, game, set, match. For the record... The Lions' defense was stellar that day, holding the Cowboys to 6-14 on third-down conversions, while Tony Romo and company could only manage just a little over 300 yards of total offense. Moreover, the Lions didn't score a single point the final 22 minutes of the game. As I've said, you define the moment, or the moment defines you. Just the facts, ma'am. Matt Stafford has never won a playoff game in his career, and as long as you can blame the refs while avoiding accountability, well, you can remain a folk hero not in my eyes, I've always said I like Matt Stafford. He does everything but win. Fez, do you have any thoughts on that? <laughs>
3: he's still better than Goff. <laughs> even oh, really? though I, even Are you though sure I agree- about that? I am sure about that.
1: One guy's got three playoff wins, and he's only 25, and something happened between Goff and Sean McVay, and listen, this is an ongoing story. I cannot wait for next football season, but coming up, You know him, you love him, can't win him out, you can't live without him. Mackinon Sports, Mackenzie Rivers is going to join the party. We'll have a roundtable discussion. He'll have some more props, and we'll all give our best bets for tomorrow's game to close down the show. I'm Bernie Fratto, coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. This is the pregame show you always wanted. So don't go away. You're listening to Straight Out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas. One of the best in the business, Bernie Fratto. You're back on Straight of Vegas, the pregame show you always wanted. I'm Bernie Fratto coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio Studios. Call Farmers today for a quote. You could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. Before we get to our predictions here, I want to thank my crew back in Los Angeles, Brian Finley, Chris Perfett, Ryan Bershinger. Great job, as always, keeping us glued together. And again, I want to... Say hello to my friends in Palm Springs, J.B., Chuck, and Laura. They are all over Kansas City tomorrow. They've been on them all year because of George Brett. Actually, J.B., he's actually George Brett's brother. He taught him how to hit, and Chuck taught J.B. how to hit. And Laura keeps them online, so they like the Chiefs tomorrow. All right, you know me, love me, can without him, McKenzie. It's time for Mackinac Sports, and you got a whole host, a cornucopia of stuff here and why this Super Bowl will be like any other.
4: Well, let's start with why, unlike
1: any other, excuse me.
4: <laughs> well, let's start with why Super Bowls tend to start slow. And you've heard a lot of betting handicappers very astutely point this out. First halves have been outscored by second halves in 15 of the last 19 seasons. Now, why is that? Is it because the Super Bowl is unlike any other game. Well, I'm going to make the argument that this Super Bowl is more like any other game than any other Super Bowl. In fact, it's unlike any other Super Bowl. For one thing, you got the coolest, calmest customers that's ever quarterbacked in Patrick Mahomes. And yeah, he was nervous last year. First half, not so good. But he's a whole other animal as far as breeding defenses, as far as his own confidence. This is like Jordan 1991 versus Jordan 1988. It's a new level, and it's scary how good this guy is. And Tom Brady, he's Tom Brady. I know he's only scored three points in nine first quarters. That was when he was on a defensive-oriented team that would try to make other teams, you know, make the first mistake. This is an offensive-oriented team with three of the best receivers, probably three top twenty receivers in the NFL right now. I think this is going to be like unlike anything we've ever seen before. I think it's going to go way over. I know you like the under, Bernie. I think you know seventy would be my you know uh, median of where I think this scoring is going to go. So I think unlike other quarterback, other Super Bowls, you want to look over first quarter. You look at this total; it should be like 11 and a half It's only ten. You're getting free points there. I think it goes over. I think you go under six and a half punts. And this is my six
1: and f- a half punts. Where'd you get that?
4: That's the number minus one thirty-five for both teams
1: or one team for both teams. Okay, the, okay. I'm sorry. That's I the number, you, right? Or, or
4: oh, they, oh right? I like that. Spot on. Yeah, big, big, big on the under minus one thirty-five. I mean, look at these coaches: Bruce Arians, Andy yeah, Reid, no risk, it, no
1: biscuit. They're gonna go for it. On, yeah, I get you it. Know, I get it
4: the the winning of this the winner of this team is not going to be the team that led up. This is going to be a guy that goes for the cup. And uh this is my best bet. What do you right. guys, what do you guys think? Patrick Mahomes he is about -200 -190 to complete his first pass. I just went through his game log a minute ago. He's completed his first pass in the last 14 games and 15 of 17 games this year. That's like 90%. This should be -700 if we think this is like any other well, game. That... If nerves is him, it should be lower. I don't think they will. I think this should be a much bigger number. I love the minus 200.
1: You know that first pass isn't going to travel more than three, four yards in the game. Exactly, air. exactly. dump-off swing pass to McCall Hardman or somebody, right?
3: They do it every game. Bez,
4: you get to grade
1: his uh, performance there.
3: I give him an A plus on yes. the punt on the punts oh, under seventy points. <laughs> you think they're gonna score seventy points in this game? I, I give him an A plus on his punts under six and a half. I'm gonna give him three grades. Uh-huh. I give I give him a C on the first quarter over just because I don't think you can ignore what's happened in prior Super Bowls. And remember, the coolest customer in the world is Tom Brady, and he scored three points in nine Super Bowls in the first quarter. As far as Mahomes to complete the first pass, my only concern is the old line, all right, True. because he might have to throw it away when he's about to get sacked. So that's my one concern there.
1: I want to jump in because if you really think they're going to score seventy points, there are alternative yep. totals. Oh yeah, and I believe there's one. It's just like sixty-one, and you can get plus one hundred and eighty or something. Would yeah, even you more.
4: Can, you can get plus three hundred and fifty if they're really going to score seventy. You know, I might look crazy tomorrow if this is thirteen and three because that total was in the fifties. And, you know, L.A. Rams, Patriots, they scored 16. So I might look foolish. It might be 16, but I think it's 70.
1: I think you're underestimating Tampa Bay's defense. Okay. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be under siege tomorrow, all right? They might win. I Look, Fez, break it to the world. As good as the pros are, if you win 5.7, 5.8 times out of 10— You can make all the money you want to make. So the knuckleheads that lie and wait to listen to the show, that cherry pick and look for that one time you were wrong, or, oh, you had Buffalo. Yeah, you're damn right I had Buffalo. Turned out the moment was too big for them. (laughs) But it's not going to be too big for Tom Brady. I've been saying it since August. Maybe I'm wrong tomorrow. But I'm going to bet on the information I have that's enabled me to
3: do this for a long time. And I agree. So, my projection Tampa Bay 30, Kansas City 23. I like Tampa Bay. Let me give you two prop winners with that the reconfigured Kansas City line compromises the Kansas City offense. So Tampa Bay gets four sacks. So they go way over the one and a half sacks as a prop bet winner. Mahomes is running for his life, even if he's hobbled. And Mahomes does go over 22 and a half rush yards for Mahomes. So three best bets.
1: couple things, McKenzie, before I give you the last word here, I do think Tampa Bay actually has a little bit better overall body of work this season. And a couple things stand out to me. Turnover differential this season, Bucks plus eight, Chiefs plus six, short yardage rushing offense. Tampa Bay first, Chiefs thirty second. Short yards, short yardage defense. Bucks twentieth, Chiefs thirty second. This game will fall on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders. He'll either have to win it by himself or not.
4: If you think the, Ch- the Chiefs are as good as their stats this year, the Bucks are the right side, no doubt about it. And I actually do like the Bucks. If I had to pick a side winner. However, the Chiefs are better than their stats. I think the last two playoff games we've seen it, they're just a machine like nothing we've ever seen before.
1: Well, listen, it's not lost on me that they were down by 10 with five minutes to go, and they won. So top props. I'm not disrespecting the Chiefs. I'm just calling it the way I see
3: it. If, if this Bucks team played the Chiefs team from last year, Oh, that's different. I would have made the spread three. Think about this. I'd, wait, 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 I'd probably make the spread five. No, I'd make it three based on my power rating. So if I make that game oh, three, then you make this one. This game's one exactly. So because this Kansas City team, with their O line issues, is not nearly as good, Tampa's going to cover.
1: Okay, so McKenzie likes the Chiefs. Fez likes Tampa.
4: No, I like I like Bucks.
1: You do okay. Yeah. And I've got you like the seventy points.
4: Yeah, I've got
1: yeah. I've got Tampa Bay winning this game. 28-27. to 27. And I know there's some knuckleheads out there that just can't wait to tweet at me <laughs> if it turns out I get it wrong, neatly ignoring the ones I've gotten right, including the fact that Tom Brady won 10 games this year when you didn't think he would. Keep it locked. Jason Martin is up next, Fox Sports Radio. I'm Bernie Frato, and you all enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be lit.
3: Right out of Vegas!